Well, good morning. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can turn with me. We're going to be looking at Matthew 28. Uh, you can open it on your physical Bible or maybe your Bible app. Uh, this is a, a very familiar passage probably to most of us and kind of a classic passage when it comes to global missions. Um, we're going to start in Matthew 28, but, but today we're going to be jumping all around Scripture. Uh, we're going to be looking at God's heart for, for all the nations, all the people. Um, and, and so I, I hope you came ready. I don't know if you, uh, if you grew up in Awana or if you've ever heard the term sword drill, uh, but today's going to be like one giant sword drill, okay? So I hope, I hope your fingers came ready to look through Scripture. Um, so we're going to start just here in Matthew 28. Uh, you can read it with me. Uh, this is at the end of the, the book of Matthew. Jesus is uh, giving his, his final charge to his disciples before he goes back into heaven. And Matthew records this account this way, starting in verse 16. Matthew says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you even to the end of the age. Amen. Let's uh, pray together. God, you are a great God, highly exalted above all other gods, all other kings, all other nations, all other leaders uh, of our world. Uh, God, we know that, that one day, one day you will be worshipped by people from every tribe, every nation, every tongue. And we look forward to that day, but we know that there's still so much, so much work to be done. And so God, as we, as we open up your word together, would you just, through your spirit, stir in our hearts? Would we have humble, humble hearts to know what you want to say to us? Would our eyes be opened as, as we see your word declared? And God, help us to, to be able to live as faithful servants of yours here on the earth. Amen. And then, well, if you, if you notice in this passage, in, in Matthew 28, Jesus is giving them a very direct command. Uh, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And, and what I want to do today is uh, to look through Scripture and, and to, to show you, hopefully to convince you, allow you to see with your own eyes that uh, this has always been God's heart. God's heart has always been from the beginning of the Bible to the end, from beginning of time to the end of time, from cover to cover. It's always been for all people in all nations to, to worship Him, to know of His goodness, to know of His glory and that we all play a part in, in, in seeing that come to life. Uh, and so we're going to be looking at, at different parts of Scripture, looking at God's heart for all people, all nations. And uh, be, before we begin, I do think it would be helpful maybe just to clarify what Jesus means here in, in Matthew 28 when he says all nations. So when he says all nations, he's not talking about just the 200-some the nations as we know them in our world today. Um, you, you know, this, this is probably obvious to you, maybe a surprise to some, but America has not always been around, okay? It wasn't around when Jesus was here. Um, but when Jesus uses the word all nations, it is coming from the word ethne, which is where we get our word ethnicities or ethnicity groups. So all nations is, is just all, all people groups, all ethnicities, all uh, peoples who share a common language or culture or location, 
And God's heart is for all of those people to know of his saving work. And so we're going to begin our, our scripture journey here in Genesis 12. You can turn there with me. I would love, love for you to be able to turn. I'm going to try to give you enough time, but I uh, would love for you to see this with your own eyes. We're starting in Genesis 12. Uh, this is the story of God calling Abram out of Ur. This is the, the beginning of the nation of Israel. You can read with me in Genesis 12, verse 1. God says to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, here it is, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So from from the very beginning, uh, it was about Israel, but it was about all the nations, all the earth being blessed. You can go a a few chapters later, Genesis 26, starting in verse 4. Abraham had a son named Isaac, and uh, God carried on this this promise to Isaac. Genesis 26, verse 4, God says to Isaac, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heavens, and will give to your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Two more chapters, Genesis 28. Isaac had a son named Jacob, and and God says this to, to Jacob, a similar thing. God says to Jacob, Genesis 28, verse 14, your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Well, you can go to the, to the next book of the Bible. Go to Exodus chapter 9 with me. So we know that after Jacob, Jacob had, had 12 sons. One of them, Joseph, who um, went to, to Egypt. That's a story for another day. Um, but, but through Joseph, uh, he saved his family, brought them to Egypt, and, and they lived happily there for a few generations. But eventually, the people of Israel became captives to, to Egypt and fell into slavery. And so God re- raised a, a person named Moses. He, he rose Moses to lead them out of uh, the, the, the land of Egypt, and this is what he says to Moses. This is why he's bringing them out of Egypt. Exodus chapter 9, verse 16, God tells Moses, but for this purpose I raised you up, to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. There it is, all the earth. All right, a few more books here. Go to the book of Joshua. This is past Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua chapter 4. After Moses led the people out of Egypt, they wandered in the desert for many years, and eventually Moses died and gave way to Joshua to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. And listen to what Joshua says to the people of Israel. Joshua chapter 4, verse 23, Joshua says, For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, and as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. And here it is, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. All right, uh, a few more books here. Go to First Chronicles. One of the most prominent figures of the Bible, we're going to look at King David, okay? A man after God's own heart. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 23. God is uh, 
saying to David, and David is leading his people in, the, in this song. David says, sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. All right, one more, one more book to 2 Chronicles, to the right here. 2 Chronicles chapter 6. Uh, this is uh, King Solomon. So after David, King Solomon took over. Solomon is known for a lot of things, but one of the good things that he did is he, he established and he built the temple of the Lord. This was God's dwelling place on the earth. But, but listen to what it says about this temple. This is 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 32. Likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a far country for the sake of your great name, in your mighty hand and your outstretched arms, when he comes and prays toward this house, hear from heaven your dwelling place and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you in order that, and here it is, all the people of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel and that they may know that this is the house I have built and is called by your name. So, so even the temple, God's dwelling place in, in, the, in the people of Israel, it was to be a display to all people, to all the nations of the earth. All right, bear with me. We're going to, to Psalm now. This is the biggest book of the Bible. We're going to look at Psalm 46. Uh, you know, all throughout the Psalms, really, this, this theme is present. Uh, we could spend the rest of the morning in just the book of Psalm, which we won't do. But Psalm 46, verse 10 it says this, it says, be still and know that I am God. It's a very familiar passage. You know, maybe you bought a, a plaque from Hobby Lobby that's in your kitchen that says this. Uh, it's a great comfort. But look at what the rest of this passage says. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. Uh, go a few more uh, to Psalm 67 here. In Psalm 67, the, the psalmist he, he prays this. He says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Now, now why, why is he praying this? Well, we see it in verse two, that your way may be known on the earth, your saving power to all nations. So let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the people with equity and you guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O oh God. Let all the people praise you. You're picking up on a theme, hopefully, here. All the peoples, all the nations, all praising the name of God. This is God's heart. All right, keep, keep rolling with me. You guys are doing great. You're hanging in there. I will get you out in time to see the Colts game at four today. Don't worry. Uh, Isaiah chapter 52, uh, we're going to look at a couple uh, of the prophetic books. And one thing to know about the prophets is that in the prophets, God is speaking through his prophets directly to his people. So this is, this is God's heart speaking through the prophets. So the prophet Isaiah in chapter 52, verse 10, it says, The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Go to the book of Daniel. This is another prophet. Daniel chapter 7. What we're going to read here in Daniel 7 was actually fulfilled by Jesus in Matthew 28, that first passage we read. 
When Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, it's coming from this prophecy in Daniel chapter 7. So read with me, starting in verse 13. And behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like the Son of Man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. And all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. Last, uh, last one we'll look at in the Old Testament. Go to the book of Zechariah. This is the second to last book of the Bible. Zechariah chapter 8 is where we'll be. Uh, this is a prophecy that we get to see fulfilled in the book of Acts when the gospel starts in Jerusalem and then uh, to Samaria and then all the ends of the earth. Uh, this is what the prophecy is, is being fulfilled in. So Zechariah chapter 8, verse 22. And many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, ten men from every nation of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of the Jews, saying, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. It's a, such a beautiful picture of the gospel going forth to all the nations. Well, hopefully you've seen this in the, in the Old Testament, okay? You know, sometimes we think of the Old Testament as just a, a book talking about the people of Israel. And that is true. That, that is the majority of the book. But it, it should you hopefully see that God's heart has always been for all people, all nations. It's not an isolated theme in Scripture. It is the theme of Scripture. And it continues on in, into the New Testament. So we're going to look at just a few here in the New Testament. Look at Luke 24. The book of Luke, chapter 24. Uh, Luke tells us why Jesus came in this passage. So if, if you are not a believer and you're, and you're here or if you're watching online and you're not a Christian, um, he, hear this today. This is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus stepped down into our mess. He, he took on flesh. This is why he died on the cross so that we could be saved from our sins so that uh, the, the weight of our sin and, and shame and guilt can be washed away and that we can have his righteousness. In Luke 24, verse 46, says Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Jesus came to, to, save, to save us, to, to, to live and die uh, so that we could be a, a beacon of hope to all nations, so that all nations could come and worship God through what Christ did for us on the cross. Uh, go to the book of Acts with me. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is the last uh, thing that Jesus said. He, he says this, and then he ascends into heaven. He says to his disciples, Acts 1, verse 8, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Uh, Romans chapter 16, verse 25 through 28, it it says this, the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, it's talking of Jesus, has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings and has been made known to all nations. Galatians uh, chapter 3 verse 8, I know I'm going fast here, uh, all, all the promises of the Old Testament are, are, are being fulfilled, that's what we see in the New Testament. In Galatians 3 verse 8, it is describing this, it says, 
and the scripture for seeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. Uh, that's what we see now. Jesus, the fulfillment of all these prophecies, it's happened. Jesus is, is here, the mystery of all ages. He's come into our world, and, and now the gospel is going forth to all nations. And now our, our, our final passage, Revelation. You can go to the very last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 7, starting in verse 9. This is, this is where all eternity is headed. This is where all the, the history uh, of humanity is going. This is, this is where it will all culminate. Revelation 7, starting in verse 9, it says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, he's really making the point, all of them, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Brothers and sisters, this, this is where eternity is headed. This is where God's future is leading us. This is not just a mission of the church for, for a select few. This is the mission of the church, that God's name would be proclaimed in all the earth, and that every tribe and nation and tongue would come and one day worship God. That is our mission as believers of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 28, it says, make disciples of all nations. This is not just a, a program for the select few of the church. This is the, the mission of the church and of God's people. And so what we can't do, what we can't do is say, well, this is not for me. No, we, we exist to spread God's glory into all the earth. We may have different callings. Uh, I'm a pastor. Maybe you're a, an accountant or a lawyer or a mom or a teacher or uh, whatever your vocation is. But our, our purpose, our mission as God's people is that we are to make disciples of all nations, of all people. And so we can't say something like, well, well my heart is just for here. Uh, my heart is, is for Fishers, or my heart is for Indiana. Uh, that's, not, that's not a question we can ask. That's not something we can declare, because what, we shouldn't be asking that question. It's the wrong question. The question we should be asking is, where is God's heart? What, what is God's heart for? And God's heart is for all people, all nations. In the Great Commission, uh, Jesus did not give just a, a general command. You know, he didn't say, well, just make disciples, as many disciples as you can wherever you're at. He gave a very specific command. He says, make disciples of all nations. And so how are we doing at that? Um, let's just take a step back and look at this. So um, Joshua Project is, is an organization that compiles a lot of data uh, with this kind of information. And uh, Joshua Project estimates that there are over 17,000 people groups in the world. Okay, 17,000 uh, distinct people groups who have uh, distinct languages or culture or shared location. Um, and out of those 17,000, there are still 7,000 who are unreached. And when I use the word unreached, it's, 
doesn't just mean these people are, are lost. Uh, it means that there's nobody able to tell them about the hope of Jesus Christ. There's no one in their community who can bring the hope of the gospel. So, so maybe you would say, well, there's unreached people here. There's unreached people in my neighborhood. There's unreached people in my workplace. And I would say that's simply not true. And you know how I know it's not true? Because you are there. <laughs> you are in their neighborhood. You are in their office. You can tell them about Jesus. Uh, but when we, when we use unreached, it means people who live and, and, and are born and live and die without anybody ever telling them about God's love for them. And so out of these, these 7,000 people groups, it makes up three, we can throw this chart up, guys, it makes up 3.23 billion people, which is an astounding number. Over a third of the world still unreached with the hope of the gospel. And God's heart is, is that they would know the hope of the gospel. It reminds me of what Paul says in, in chapter 10. This, when we see a number of like 3 billion people, it should astound us. And we should say, how will they call on him whom they've not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they've not heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Church, what, what I, I hope, my, my heart for you today, is that, that each one of you would just stop and, and ask for a moment, what am I doing to play my part in the Great Commission? How, what, what am I doing uh, to, to take this charge that Jesus gave of making disciples of all nations? And so I have just a, a few ways, as we start to wind down here, just a few ways to encourage you on this journey. A few, a few ways that you can uh, begin to take steps in this. The first is to pray, to pray for God's glory among the nations. If you can, just, just stop for a moment and analyze your prayer life. Okay, what are the things that you pray for? Uh, do, you, do you pray for your, your own needs or, or maybe the needs of your family or those that are around you? Those are good things. You, you should be praying. You should be taking those before the Lord. But, but maybe just stop and ask yourself, how often am I praying for the nations? How often am I praying for the unreached people of the world? And my guess is that that's probably not a normal part of most of us in our prayer life. So a few ways you can grow in that. One is, is just to pray the, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. To, to just pray this prayer Maybe every day, our, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on all the earth as it is in heaven. Wanting to see God's kingdom come in all the earth. Another really just practical way that, that I've been able to, to incorporate this idea is uh, if you're ever watching the news or maybe you're, you're scrolling, reading the news, um, and you see an article uh, or, or hear a story in another part of the world, a really easy thing to do is just stop and pray for those people. Maybe you hear about something happening in Afghanistan. Afghanistan is a country of 40 million people. It's about the size of California. In, in Afghanistan, there are fewer Christians than there are high schoolers in the city of Fishers, in a, in a country the size of California. And so if we hear stories like that, just stop and pray. God, would somebody bring them the gospel? God, would, would somebody tell them about Jesus? 
I pray that they would know your hope. And I bet that if you pray these prayers regularly, if you start to incorporate this, you're, you would be amazed just how your heart begins to be shaped uh, for the nations. Uh, number two, the second thing that we can do to, to grow in this is to give sacrificially for God's glory among the nations. We live in a very affluent area. I think we'd all agree to that. Uh, but what if, what if the, the wealth that God gives is, is not for us? What if it is to see his glory among the nations? What if, what if we prayed a prayer like the one that the psalmist prayed in Psalm 67 that we read? This, this prayer that God bless us so that we could be a blessing to the nations and that they would know that God is good and that he loves them and that he's given his son to die for them. So let's, let's give, let's analyze our, our budgets. Let's, let's think about ways that we can give to the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, and then third and, and finally, just way to encourage you is to go, to go willingly to see God's glory among the nations. I don't, I don't know if you've ever prayed this prayer. God, where could you be leading me? Um, one really easy way to grow in this is just to think about sh- going on a short-term vision trip. Uh, we as a church regularly go on these short-term trips to, to partner with our, our missionaries or our mission organizations all around the world. Uh, they're usually a week or two at a time. And, and we call them vision trips because instead of mission trips because uh, really what we believe is that while you do get to be a blessing to our, to our missionaries and, and to those that are there, what it's really doing, though, is shaping your heart. That when you are in a, a service with believers speaking another language, singing uh, songs of praise to God in their own style, when you sit down and you share a meal with, uh, with other believers in another country who uh, just see uh, God's work in, in different ways, that really shapes and it stirs and encourages our faith. And even if you're a parent, this is just such an incredible way to begin to shape your kids with this vision of God's global church. Take them on a vision trip. And then the second thing is, and this is a prayer of mine, is that God would call some of us here to serve him globally long term. Uh, one of our values, our core values as a church, is that we want to be a church that is both sent and sending. We want to be able to come alongside people that are feeling God's call to, to be able to help train them and, and raise them up and support them financially and, and send them out and, and continue to partner, come alongside as, as God's partner in, in ministry. We were able to do this a, a couple years ago with Connor and Allison which you'll hear an update from them shortly. Uh, but, but God may be calling some of us to serve him globally. You know, there, there are so many opportunities if we would have eyes to see them. And so I would just encourage you to stop and, and just pray, God, where could you be leading me? Just come with your life with, with open hands. And, and this is a dangerous prayer. Some of you might acknowledge that. Praying, God, wherever you want me to go, I will go. That's dangerous because you don't know where that could be. You might be afraid. He may, he may lead you into uh, Africa or the Middle East or to uh, Iowa. It's just a little joke for Joel there. Where, wherever God could be leading you, 
And if, if you have that thought, if you have that fear, let me just encourage you by saying that, uh, that God loves you. Don't forget that, that he's uh, saved you. He's paid for your sins. And if you can trust him with your life into eternity, how much more can we trust him here in the now on earth? And he, he wants to give us the, the fullness of joy, and that comes by following him with our whole heart. And then second, just, just never forget that when you give your life to God, you will, you will never regret it. Church, I want to just, just close this morning, uh, close this message by reading a story for you. Uh, this is a story of a, a woman named Karen. Karen was a, a 30-something-year-old woman who was living in California, and she felt God's call to go uh, to the nations. And, and so she walked alongside her pastors at that church. She, she had open hands, and uh, eventually she felt like God was calling her to Iraq. And, and so the church uh, raised her up and partnered with other organizations and sent her with a team uh, to, to share uh, Jesus' uh, hope to the people of Iraq, okay? And uh, she was there for, for a couple of years, and one day, she and her team were driving from one village to another, and their, their Jeep was ambushed, and uh, everybody in the Jeep died. And so the pastors of, of Karen's church um, were, were, were heartbroken. They, they were preparing a funeral and, and what to say about Karen's life, and um, they found this letter that Karen had written them before she left, and it was a letter that said, only open if I were to die. See, Karen knew that she was going into a dangerous calling, into a dangerous place, and, uh, and she was prepared for that. And so she, she wrote this letter, and this letter was, was read at her funeral. She had a, a few encouragements for the church, like preserve the work. That this, she knew that this could maybe discourage, so she said, keep sending missionaries, keep raising up fine young pastors, church planners. And then she wrote, when God calls, there are no regrets. I tried to share my heart with you as much as possible, my heart for the nations. I was not called to a place, I was called to him. To obey was my objective, to suffer was expected. His glory was my reward, and his glory is my reward. And then she closed with this thought. She, she called it the mission's heart. And, and this is my, my prayer, that, that this would be our heart as well, church. She said, care more than some think is wise. Risk more than some think is safe. Dream more than some think is practical. Expect more than some think is possible. I was not called to comfort or to success but to obedience. Would you pray with me? God, thank you um, that, that you care about all people. Thank you that from, from the very beginning, your heart has been that everybody would uh, one day be able to worship from every nation and every tribe and every tongue. God, I, I pray that uh, that we wouldn't get so distracted with our immediate surroundings that we lose sight of this, this great vision that you gave us 
in Matthew 28, to see all nations come before you, to be discipled, to worship you. So God, I, I pray that, that today as we um, go on with our day that we would be able to stop and just, just reflect, just, just be able to pray this prayer. God, uh, how would you like me to play a part in the Great Commission? God, I pray that, that you would raise up more people to bring the hope of Jesus to people who have never heard about it. God, let our hearts be broken with the fact that there are people who, who have never heard that you love them, that you, you love them so much you died for them, and that you want to redeem them and, and give them new life, free them from their sins, free them from their fears. And so God, help us just to, to consider how you may be calling us to play a part in that. And we look forward to that day, that day when we're worshiping around your throne with every tribe and nation, and we get, to, we get to sing with one voice, worthy is the lamb who is slain, who deserves all glory, honor, and power. So give us strength until that day. In Jesus' name, amen.